Download the 670 KBOI app for your smartphone for free. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Happy Friday. Three-day weekend at hand. You just got to get through today. And unfortunately, Mike Casper is not here, so that means you got to deal with me. Hi, I'm Rick. Chris Wait. Walton's over there. Uh, yeah, I'm usually here. <laughs> we uh, probably would have today off if we didn't live so far south. It's Canada Day. That's their oh yeah equivalent to uh, Independence Day. That's super. Yeah, and they have, uh, well, it's it's like the 4th of July. I mean, there are fireworks and concerts and picnics and all sorts of fun things. Oh, yeah, they probably have some jelly donuts. And uh, I would a friend of mine know, lives up in Ontario. They probably play hockey up there, <laughs> you know. And, yeah, her kids all play oh, hockey. Oh, yeah, yeah, some hockey. They'll do some celebrating, too, yeah. She even played um, what I think of as indoor field hockey, but she called it ball hockey. I've not heard that before. Mm. Ball hockey? Yeah, she was in a ball hockey league. Sounds like something Colonel Potter would well, say. Well, it, it sounds like horse puppy. Ball hockey. Yeah, yeah, ball hockey. <laughs> Sorry, I go mash every once in a while on you. Uh, glad you're with us today. Uh, yeah, there are going to be a lot of people traveling uh, away from home for the 4th of July holiday, taking advantage of three-day weekend on top of some pretty nice weather today, tomorrow, hot for us here in the Treasure Valley, and then cooling way down for the 4th of July, like 82 well, on Independence the, Day? We have the high, so it, it won't be that 82 all day. It'll be what I like, which is in the 70s. Yeah, that's going to be uh, good for the old barbecue in the backyard. Big plans for 4th of July, Chris? What do you guys usually do? Uh, let's see. We usually do nothing all day until the evening, and the kids come over and bring fireworks, and then they set them off in front of us, and then we all go to bed. Okay. It's usually it's very exciting. It's a huge day for you. I don't do a lot more than that. It usually includes baseball games. Oh, yeah, I do watch television. It usually includes some brand of cooking on the grill outside. And uh, the uh, traditional 4th of July water fight that my kids usually like to have <laughs> usually includes the soaking of dad in every way, shape, and form that they can possibly, you know, manage so it's, that. So it's not just their tradition. No, it's, okay. well, it's my tradition of getting soaked while they're having a water fight. <laughs> but it's fun for them, and I, I'm, I'm good with that. Yeah. Uh, there are lots of celebrations going on around our, our area, of course. You've got Julia Davis Park that's going to be opening up uh, early in the day, but not open to vehicles. So right. if, you're, if you're planning on watching the 4th of July fireworks show in Boise, and you're thinking, well, let's go down to the park and put down a blanket or some chairs, and we'll just watch there. Great, but you're going to have to walk or bike in. Yeah, from someplace. There are usually places not too far away no, where you can park. I mean, you can do all that. It, it, it's not that difficult. I'm mm-hmm. just saying that if, if you had intended, well, we're going to take the cooler, we're going to take the grill, we're going to make a whole little cookout out of the deal, you got to carry all your stuff in. And that makes it a little more troublesome depending on how you go about doing that. So Can you bring a grill? I think you could bring a little gas grill, set it on a mm. picnic bench. I wouldn't plan on, you know, bringing a quart of wood and <laughs> Drop at a bonfire out there by any means, but uh, yeah, yeah they, they, they there probably ways do that. I've got a little tailgate grill yeah. that I can carry with one hand. It you know buckles in pretty easily, mm-hmm. and just a little small canister of uh, propane will 
mm-hmm. run it for a cookout. It's not bad. Mm-hmm. It's a good, easy way to go. I have had but one if of those I'm, before. Those are cool. You know, also, if I'm trying to carry a cooler and um, all the other things you would need to do a, a cookout effectively, that's more than one person going to have to carry all that stuff in. Or you're going to have to, you know, pull your little wagon or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's possible. That's all I'm saying. You but, know, what's real easy is if you show up with nothing. You can do that, too. Sit on the grass. Yeah. Um, you ride your bike in, sit in the grass, watch the show, and then ride the green belt home. That'd be kind of cool. Whatever you want to do. Not a bad way to go. Meridian has their fireworks show, which is set to take place uh, at, I guess it's the backside of Meridian Speedwear is, is where they shoot the fireworks off. And uh, that usually starts around 10.15, 10.20, depending on when it gets dark. There are some things that happen around the speedway as well. Uh, if you're looking for something to do, that's probably what I'll do this year. Uh, usually we do a little fireworks out in front of the house and then watch everybody else shoot the, you yeah. know, the hundreds of shells, thousands of shells that are going within on about, around the area. Exactly. Within about three, four, four blocks of our place, there are plenty of fireworks that are, you know, uh, that blow up or leave the ground. Both things that you're, they're not supposed to do in Boise, right. but they always do. And right. They, and they'll be setting them off till around 2 a.m. We have kind of an empty area next to our house. And some some folks around the neighborhood have chosen that is the spot where they want to launch their fireworks instead of right in front of their house. Problem is, is it's right next door to me. And mm-hmm. if they're launching fireworks from there, I kind of like to keep an eye on my roof and make sure nothing's falling down on my house. So we may or may not go enjoy the one of the big fireworks shows, either in Boise or Meridian, but... Just an idea. It's Fourth of July weekend. You really can't go wrong. If they're doing fireworks next to my next to my house, it's a free fireworks show. I didn't have to pay sure. for, and they're bringing the entertainment to me. If we go and watch one of the big shows at, at the Speedway or or in town, still can't go wrong. It's just going to have to deal with a little traffic <laughs> trying to get home. Um, you really can't go wrong. I know that uh, there is no fireworks show in Cuna this year, though. We'll have that in news for you, by the way. It sounds like they're doing a fireworks show in CUNA that corresponds with the rodeo that's out in CUNA. Mm-hmm. So they shifted their fireworks fund from 4th of July until after the rodeo, which is in September. Okay. But there will be crowds for that. There'll be crowds for that. And it, you know, while the rodeo is a paid event, the fireworks show is. For everybody I have, afterwards. I have been to, I mean, over the years, it's been a, a few years since I've been to one of them, but I've been to a whole uh, host of, of uh, great individual town fireworks, mm-hmm. uh, or not fireworks displays, but just Fourth of July celebrations. Sure. Uh, the one in Melba, I've been to that. That's terrific. There's one in Haley that's a lot of fun, and they have a rodeo, too. There's the Malaluka show that they do. Is it Idaho Falls? It probably would be, yeah. Yeah. It's Idaho the, Falls broke tell, huh? It's the biggest fireworks show this side of the Mississippi. That's what I've heard. They say there is not a fireworks show on the West Coast that comes anywhere close to the amount of shells that they blow up over there. Somewhere, I want to say it was 18,000-plus shells. Wow. I'll look it up Mr. because I know they had it. Uh, uh, that, that was a story that we did a while ago. I'm just spitballing here, but it was, yeah. Lots and lots of fireworks that they're doing and that, you know, just in the number of shells alone that they're throwing out there, it was going to be bigger than San Francisco. May not be as cool because you're not on the bay, of course. 
bigger than Sacramento, bigger than Seattle, everywhere Mr. on the West Coast. Mr. Vandersloot, I think, can afford it. Well, I'm sure that you're right about that. They also built that area in Idaho Falls, which is designed specifically for this fireworks show. So folks in Idaho Falls have a spot to go watch this show, designed specifically for the show, and then it's going to be the biggest show that you could see on this side of the Mississippi River. So Sounds like fantastic at, at yeah. Disney World. Yeah. yeah. That's not bad. That's all I'm saying. It's 6.15. Our big story of the day is in sports today, believe it or not, and it's brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli and Meridian. Today is the soup that everybody waits all week for. It's Clam Chowda Day at Fat Guys Fresh Deli. Chris, I'm I'm just going to believe you guys when you say it's the best clam chowder okay. anywhere. It's really good. I mean, I can't eat it because I can't eat shellfish, mm-hmm. so I'm just saying I'm taking everybody's word for it. It's good not to be shellfish. Right. Chowder Day at uh, Fat Guys Fresh Deli, 208-855-0424. That's how you call your order in in Meridian. You can also call it into their new Boise location at 208-908-6930. Fat Guys Fresh Deli. All right. ESPN College Football Reporter Heather Dinich discussing news that USC and UCLA are leaving the Pac-12 for the Big Ten. It's one of the latest things that we've come to find in the realignment of college football athletics. And Dinich says the Pac-12 conference did not see this coming. Sorry, we'll start that again. And by the way, that's not your fault. That's mine because I had my computer off. I, I appreciate you turning that thing on. Here we go. Sorry about that, guys. You know, blindsided, basically. But here's the thing. Anybody who pays attention to college football knows realignment is always there. And there could not be a more tumultuous time in college athletics in general, not just college football, than there is right now. This is a monumental change, though. OU in Texas was big. This is huge. And now you have these two super conferences flexing their muscles and clearly separated from everybody else. That's a word that you're going to hear thrown around a lot, super conferences. Paul Feinbaum also talked about that. Something that we have been talking about here for some time seems to be coming to fruition, and that is the likelihood of two super conferences, the ACC and, and, the, and, and the Big Ten, and quite frankly, nobody else really mattering. And I think he's right. But, Chris, I, I think the question I'll just throw to you here real quick is what kind of implications does this have on Boise State? I mean, we always got to bring this back to the local <clears throat> Well, side. It, it seems to me that there would be two spots open in the Pac-12 if they want to keep the name Pac-12. Right. Uh, if UCLA and, and USC leave, which is just weird to me. I mean, they've they've been with that conference since its beginning. Uh-huh. It's, but, but I mean, if if Boise State and BYU were able to take their their place or somebody, yeah, Boise probably, State and somebody, yeah, I don't know. Well, it could be BYU and, and Nevada, or just Nevada and Boise State. It could be right. anybody, really. Right. It's something we need to talk a little bit more about, and we'll do that after we get done with the break here. Time for traffic and weather, though. KBOI News Time is six eighteen. Today from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 623, glad you're with us on News Talk KBOI today. 
We are your home for Boise State football, Boise State basketball. All things Broncos go through KBOI, and I'm really wondering about what happens to Boise State following news that USC and UCLA are not going to be involved in the Pac-12 anymore after this upcoming season, that they'll be making a move to the Big Ten. Um, you know, the the Pac-12 could just uh, stay in California, and they could get San Diego State and Fresno State. They could. They could if they wanted to. I think if the Pac-12... Well, I'll, I'll boil it down for you like this. It doesn't make any sense to me for Boise State to join the Pac-12. Maybe in terms of, hey, Boise State has been a powerhouse in football. It'd be great for us to bring a team like that into the fold who has been ranked, plays pretty well. Um, but I think in terms of what it does for the Pac-12 right now, it doesn't make any sense at all. Mm. And I say that because the TV market is so small that it just doesn't make sense to me. It it probably makes more sense for them to go after the biggest television markets they can. and They could go for UNLV. Well, UNLV is one that maybe they could go after. It's an up-and-coming area, but it's not a top 50 community, I don't think. Last I checked, Las Vegas was not top 50 market. Top 50 market, no. But Denver is. Mm-hmm. You got Colorado State, you'd have a Which is, top 25 market. It's in Fort Collins, though. I mean, is that close enough? It's still Denver TV stations. Okay. So you still get Denver TV. <clears throat> and San Jose State certainly makes a lot of sense by way of Bay Area market, but you've already got Stanford and Cal there. Why would you need another Bay Area market? So maybe you would try and go get Utah State or BYU. And bring in Salt Lake City as a market. There's always San Diego. I mentioned that. San Diego's not a, not a bad way to go either. And San Diego certainly does pull well. Southern California market. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense too. But there are way bigger TV markets than Boise. So if you're looking at this just in terms of, hey, the Broncos are the clear choice to go to the Pac-12. Think that's yeah. the case, and uh, there are always people who ask me things like, "Well, why don't doesn't Boise State join this, or why doesn't Boise State join that?" You don't uh, join other conferences; you get invited that's or correct. not. That's correct. And if you don't get invited, you don't get to just say you want to be in. I Something, mean, you can say it, but nothing's going to happen. There's another consideration there: Boise State does not have baseball, and pulling into a place like. The Big Ten, or does the it, Big 12, or the Pac-12. Does it count that they had it for nearly a whole season? Almost three whole months they had baseball. Yeah. we gave that, it, That's we, problematic. We gave it the old college try. Did, and uh, the old college give up. Yeah, it doesn't bode well for Boise State that they don't have baseball because all those conferences, you got to have a baseball team in order to participate. And they don't look at things just in terms of football in the Pac-12 or the Big 12. Or the Big Ten. Or the, you know, any of the other big conferences. Baseball's a thing. you got to have that. KBOI News Time is 626. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. 
It's 634 now on News Talk KBOI. Rick Worthington in for Mike Casper today, along with Chris Walton. I thought QAnon was a thing of the past. There's more QAnon out there? Is there? Apparently. What's new with the Q? In a new post, this is according to CNN, by the way. In a new post, online conspiracy theorist QAnon targets former White House aide Cassidy Hutchinson. Although I'm not entirely sure what they're uh, what they're claiming, I'm almost afraid to ask. Some sort of conspiracy involving her? Well, I I mean anything that has to do with QAnon is conspiracy oriented. Yes, generally tends to be. That's true. What did what did the bottom line on on QAnon? I know we have some folks that listen to us locally that are members of QAnon or were at some point, and then I mean. I, I well, just know I, I had plenty of people trying to recruit the, me once upon a time. The word I got was it ultimately turned out to be a hoax. Mm-hmm. Well, that's sure what the HBO series showed. I mean, they it had did. a whole deal on QAnon and the dude that was behind it, responsible, and was I not I didn't see a high-up official that everybody thought he was. Is that right? Well, you can find that on HBO if you want to go watch it. I mean, it's two hours of your life. You can't ever get back. But is it worth then again, it? we're talking about QAnon, and if you're interested in what that was all about and mm-hmm. how how it worked and who was involved and who was behind Q, who actually was Q, well, there you go. All right. But I know QAnon folks will, you know, probably know. say that's not true. But I know it wasn't the Q from the James Bond movies, but... No, it wasn't the Q from the Star Trek episodes either. This is true. And I will admit, I get my Qs mixed up. So Qdoba, QAnon, you know, I, I get them mixed up all the time. In my years on the radio, I've missed lots of Qs. Absolutely. And uh, this is be one of them because I've got to take a break. KBOI gotcha. News Time is 636. Get 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 641 on News Talk KBOI. Again, I'm Rick Worthington filling in one more day for Mike Casper, who will be back on Tuesday following the 4th of July holiday. Chris Walton is here as well. Chris, I brought up. QAnon, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I was just doing a little digging around just to see if I could figure out what exactly was going on there because I thought QAnon had dispersed and was done. That that's what I thought. Apparently, that is not the case. <laughs> I should say maybe that's what they wanted you to think. <laughs> well, I, I I understand. Look, I got to say first that while I dismiss QAnon as you know, a, a lot of conspiracy theory. I also realize that there's a lot of very patriotic people that joined up to Q and believe in what's going on there. And in fact, there's a couple of people that I, I really admire that I know are part of QAnon, love those people. And I'm not the kind of person that, well, I'm I'm not going to, I'm not going to give you a bad time about whatever religion you're a part of because that's a personal belief. I'm not going to bust in on you on that if if I don't agree with it. And I kind of feel the same way with QAnon. If you're a member of Q, that's up to you. You're going to look at all the evidence and you're going to say, oh, well, that that's for me. Okay, I'm all right with that. 
It's not for me, but, you know, not everything is going to be. So, all right, I got that off my chest. So, you were saying before, though, that we do know who Q is or was now? There was an HBO special that was done that unmasked who they thought Q really was. I'll get to that in just a second, but uh, let, let me read from the Daily Beast. Uh, the anonymous message board user known as Q, whose cryptic announcements spawned the uh, pro-Trump QAnon conspiracy theory, is returned to posting after nearly two years off. On Friday night, someone with access to Q's login credentials posted on 8Con. That's the uh, internet community where Q last posted in December 2020. 8KUN, 8Con used to be 8Chan. Okay? It just has a funny sound to it. Shall we play a game once more? The first post marking Q's return to the board, and it was signed Q. The message was written in the same clue-like format as thousands of earlier Q posts dubbed Q drops by their fans that led to the creation of QAnon in late 2017. Q followers believe the message explains the world as it really is, controlled by Satan-worshipping child-eating pedophiles in the Democratic Party, finance, and other institutions. Now, Well, I do need to point out that a lot of people are idiots. And not all Q folks believe that they are Satan-worshipping, child-eating pedophiles in the Democratic Party, but they do believe that the Democratic Party is not made up of people. Not made up of good folks. In QAnon's telling Donald Trump was recruited by the military to run for president in 2016 to take down the nefarious cannibal. QAnon believers await the storm, an event in which they believe Trump enemies like Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama will be executed via orders Hmm. from a military tribunal or imprisoned in Guantanamo Bay. Seems like something he probably would have taken care of Mm -hmm. while he was president. Would have been the time to, you know, strike while the iron's hot. Well, I'll tell you a little more about uh, the story that I see in the Daily Beast and that there are more Q postings coming up and what you probably need to know about it. We'll do that after sports, though, at 645. And it's brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli and Meridian. Fat Guys Fresh Deli does offer catering, by the way. If you're thinking to yourself, boy, I sure wish we had a bunch of Fat Guys sandwiches on the 4th of July. Well, maybe they can work that out for you. <laughs> Check it out. Catering through Fat Guys Fresh Deli. All you got to do is give them a call to talk to them today. Their Meridian location, 208-855-0424 or in Boise at 208-908-6930. And by the way, when they open up at 1030, that's when I would start ordering sandwiches because that place is good. (laughs) Okay. How about a little bit of baseball for you? The Oakland A's and the Seattle Mariners. Longer, the 1-0. Swing and it's clocked out to center. This is on its way back to the batter's eye. God, Julio, home run. Straight away center field mashed. And a 21-year-old racks up his 12th in the show. 
He has given the Mariners a 2-1 lead. He's pretty good. The call on Cairo Radio. Julio Rodriguez hits that home run to center field in the bottom of the third inning. And the Mariners' sticks were still coming out later in the game. Frazier, a lead at first. He'll take off. There he goes. 3-2 on the way. Swing and a well-hit ball deep to left field. High in in the sky. Down the line. Stay fair. Goodbye, baseball. Just missed the upper deck and above Edgar's Cantina, towering home run down the left field line by Dylan Moore with Frazier aboard his fourth home run of the season. That had some serious hang time, and the Mariners now lead the A's four to one. Dylan Moore's home run, getting it done in the third inning. The Mariners would go on to beat the A's by a score of eight to six. And there is nothing worse than the Oakland A's in Major League Baseball right now. They're twenty-five and fifty-three. The Mariners. While they haven't been great, they're a whole hell of a lot better than that. 37 and 41 on this season and 12 and a half games behind the first place Houston Astros in that division. We talk a lot about run differential. The Mariners are actually on the plus side of run differential right now. Want to know what the Oakland A's are? Uh, way behind. Minus 116. That's how bad that pitching staff and how anemic their offense is. So they're actually, uh, Doing, doing better than their uh, Pythagorean uh, theorem they're, would have them uh, yeah, do. Yeah, they're bad. Yeah. KBOI News Time, 648. Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 707 now on News Talk KBOI. Rick Worthington filling in for Mike Casper just one more day. And your normal morning show host will return on Tuesday after the 4th of July holiday. Chris Walton is uh, hanging out with me today. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mentioned QAnon during our last hour. I realize that there are several people out there that don't like QAnon. I realize that there are also listeners here in our area that were very into QAnon. They, they were... You know, mm-hmm. all about it. But for the last two years, nobody's been about QAnon because QAnon hadn't been having any new posts, at least not from Q. That changed a week ago today when Q posted for the first time in, is that 18 months? Hmm. It was over a year. Basically stopped posting after the election uh, in See, the election happened in November, so it was somewhere around December when the posting stopped. But there were a lot of posts leading up to that that talked about the storm is coming. You know, that's right. usually, you know, part of the key words that uh, we saw from a lot of uh, QAnon wordage in, in posts. Well, again, on the website where you saw some of that happen, there was new posts from Q last week. Um. Several of them, in fact, asked why they had disappeared for more than a year. Whoever it is that Q is wrote, it had to be done this way. Are you ready to serve your country again? (laughs) Q wrote in another post. Remember your oath. Despite some of the uh, claims, QAnon has managed to become a faction within the Republican Party. Two current members of Congress, as you know, Representatives Marjorie Taylor Green Green of Georgia, and Lauren Boebert, Colorado, have voiced support for QAnon in the past. And more Q backers are expected to win office in the midterms. 
There's a 2021 poll that found that QAnon's core tenants have a significant amount of support with 15% of people surveyed saying they believe the word, or I'm sorry, they believe the world is run by a satanic pedophile cannibal. The world is run. 15% of the people surveyed Hmm. said they believe the world is run by a satanic pedophile cannibal. Or, in, in layman's terms, somebody with a different political philosophy than mine. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But like I say, I, I know some folks that are involved in QAnon that I really respect. I don't buy into it. I'm just saying you do you. <laughs> Q stopped posting though on eight Chan back in November, 2020, shortly after Trump's election defeat, Ron Watkins, the former administrator who has often been accused of controlling the QAnon account, is currently running as a long-shot candidate for an Arizona House seat. Watkins, who, by the way, has denied posting his Q, didn't respond to an immediate request for comment on Q's return. It's not clear whether the new Q posts are meant to coincide with the Supreme Court's ruling on Friday overturning abortion rights or not. But... QAnon has won backing from a number of prominent Trump supporters. That includes former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn, our, you know, wonderful comedian Roseanne Barr, MAGA lawyers Lynn Wood and Sidney Powell. A QAnon leader has successfully organized a coalition of Secretary of State candidates who could be poised to win control of elections in some battleground in states various, as well. Various states, yeah. Yeah. And, and, of course, that's uh, setting up the possibility that if they think something's wrong with the election, they simply will be able to throw it out. They could be in a position to do something about it, yeah, right? And change the result. So or after... Change the ultimate result. After nearly two years of being silent, Q has returned online. And that is really good news for some. And for others, we shake our head and say, I can't believe we're doing this again. Yeah. But again, you do you. I'll do me. If you're a member of QAnon, I'd sure love to hear from you and how you feel about it. Q would be a good nickname for somebody who's completely bald. As in Q-ball. Exactly. Gotcha. By the way, it's Open Phones Friday. You can call and talk about whatever you want. You don't want to talk about QAnon? That's cool, too. 208-336-3700. 1-800-529-KBOI or pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. There were several members of QAnon. Now, I, I said this during our last break. Some people I, I really admire. They're wonderful people. They did go to some training courses. I'll, I think I can call them training courses. It was like military training. They went and, you know, did some shooting. They went over some tactics and it was with some other QAnon folks that, you know, it was just an exercise. They got together and, you know, did some training together, feeling like it might be necessary at some point to be able to do that. A gentleman in particular that I think he's terrific. He's one of the nicest guys I know critical person in in one of my son's lives when he was growing up through high school 
a guy that was in a, a, a not a teacher, but uh, a guy that was in a role that, you know, was, I thought, critical to uh, influencing my son. A great guy. So a coach. Yeah. All right. You guessed it, Chris. I'm going to guess baseball. Yeah. Okay. A really good dude. Cool. Who was a member of QAnon and I think still is. But I, it just in looking over some of the material, I was like, I can't be a part of you this. Don't, you don't have to do anything to be a member, right? I don't think you have to do anything, but I think that's it's kind of part of the call is a call to action. You know, be ready right. for when the storm comes, whatever the but, storm but there, is. But there's nobody to whom you have to pay dues. No, 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 no. Okay. No, it's not like that. All right. KBOI News Time is 714. It's time for sports. Let's get to it. Some big, big news in sports involving the Pac-12 Conference. It's brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli and Meridian. Always trust a fat sandwich. You know, if you roll in someplace and they just... They give you a couple pieces of bread and a piece of bologna in there. It's like, what is that? That's not a sandwich. Certainly isn't a fat guy's sandwich. Fat guys load you up. It's the best sandwich in town. Several times I've left fat guys saying, I think that's the best sandwich I've ever had. What I like is their sandwiches are filled with ingredients. Yep. They're great big suckers. Line that up with a bowl of soup. It's clam chowder day. Can't go wrong there. Fat guys fresh deli in Meridian and in Boise. All right, let's talk a little bit about what's actually happening with the Pac-12 now. To our surprise, and I was shocked to see this yesterday, USC and UCLA are leaving the Pac-12 for the Big Ten. It's the latest big move in college athletics that is now moving towards what I think we can only call super conference status for the Big Ten and the SEC. So Reese Davis, as you know, is from ESPN. He's part of the game day crew. And uh, he called that a seismic shift in the world of college sports. I think that we give up a lot. I think that we lose a lot in terms of the uh, geographical pride, the regional pride that fans have in their conferences. That's going to be gone. It already is gone to a large degree, but it's... Uh, it's going to be completely gone when USC is playing a conference game at Piscataway, you know, someday. So that's going to be, you know, that's going to be over. Mm. We give that away, but I think what we're headed toward, Kevin, is eventually college football is going to be self-governed, an entity unto itself more so than it already is, meaning that the other sports might not necessarily be affiliated uh, with the same schools, the same teams that the football program is. So... I think we might see an entire seismic shift to overuse that word that everybody uses and on occasions like this across college sports. And what's the biggest hit that the Pac-12 takes from all of this? It's that they lose the L.A. television market. Southern yeah, California true. is no longer a part of the Pac-12. Unless, of course, it's because you're watching an Arizona State or an Arizona conference game so this maybe happens. it shows in southern california but not not likely so this happens and the pac-12 will have 10 teams mm-hmm. just like the big 12 whereas the big 10 will have 16 that's correct okay nothing confusing about that nothing at all but people are wondering and i know you're doing the same thing what does this mean for boise state will the broncos make a push 
to enter into some type of agreement with the Pac-12? Would they would they be accepted now? As you know, conferences are looking to line up with as many big programs as they can. Right. Is Boise State football big enough to push the university into the Pac-12? And it's probably something that we should examine a little bit and take your calls on today. So stand by for that. KBOI News Time is seven eighteen. Time for the Morning Market Report. Powered by CapEd Credit Union. Keeping you informed about your money before the market opens. Sponsored by Tree City Advisors. On News Talk KBOI. Boise. 723 on News Talk KBOI. Nick Daniels filling in today. Jeremiah Bates is a slacker and decided he needed vacation for whatever reason. It's all good, though. Hey, Nick. How hey, you doing today, morning, buddy? Guys. Yeah, Jeremiah Slack, and I can't believe it, man. I know. Honestly, he's the hardest working guy here at the office. He's amazing. So, oh, whatever. Uh, I mean, yeah. I'm not buying it, but that's cool. <laughs> uh, Wall Street, though, it was it Wall Street's not buying either. Yeah, actually. it wasn't a particularly great day on Wall Street, I guess. No, no. You know, I mean, we are experiencing the worst six months in the start of a year that we've had in about forty years, and. Um, I, I think it'd be a good point right now to address something that's called recency bias. So you and I as investors, all too often, we will just take a look at the most recent series of events, and we will let that um, adversely affect our investing decisions, right? And it all kind of comes back to this thing of, hey, the, the, the pain of losing something is greater than the motivating drive to win something. And if we don't address recency bias, we're going to say, man, then, you know, the sky is falling. The market's going to continue to just crash and I'm just going to get out and I'm going to, I'm going to totally ruin my investing plans, which honestly, right now, fellas, I think this is the perfect time for investors to develop grit, especially I would say probably for people my age. I'm in my early forties and those youngers. Uh, let's be honest. We didn't have enough money really to invest <laughs> during the dot com bust in 2001. And we were probably still too early on in our careers to feel like we were really substantially investing for retirement during the 2007 through 2009 Great Recession. So really right now, if you're looking at the markets and you're nervous about things or whatever, you need to understand, man, this is the perfect time to develop grit. Let's buy in. At some point, the large institutional investors are going to say, okay, everything is has dropped far enough the sale price is too enticing, and you're going to see a bunch of institutional funds flow back into the market and start buying, and it's going to start picking up again. And all you need to do to like understand that is just take a look at the long-term perspective. Say if you look at the S&P 500 from 2000 through where we are currently in 2022, although we've dropped a long way, we haven't dropped as far as other points like in 2009 or in mm-hmm. 2002. So... We could keep falling. <laughs> I well, mean, there no is, one has the crystal ball. <laughs> there is that, yeah. But the flip side is, you know, it's a great opportunity to buy, and it's a great opportunity for us to develop that grit so that our emotions aren't controlling everything. I see where the European Central Bank this morning said that inflation has risen in Europe 8.6%. So we're not the only ones having to tighten belts. No, it's happening all around the world. And I think that's – if there's anything to draw comfort from, it's that it's – that like. You know, everything rose together, so to speak, as we were coming out of COVID. Everything's kind of falling together. And, and so it's not like certain only certain people are getting left behind. 
granted, it does feel like the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. But by and large, you and I, fellas, like we're normal people. Like we're not getting left behind if we just stay the course. The rising tide is gonna is gonna affect all ships, and we're all going to to reap the benefits as the market eventually recovers. Well, the market opens in about an hour. We'll get an update from you, and the market does open. So stand by for that. Nick, as always, we're always happy to hear from you, and we'll talk to you again soon. Sounds great. Enjoy it. Take care. KBOI News Time is seven twenty six. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. And it's now 7.33 on News Talk KBOI. Open phones Friday for you, 208-336-3700, 1-800-529-KBOI or pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, today is supposed to be one of the busiest travel days of the whole year, and despite gas prices being through the roof, uh, travel is expected to be pretty heavy today in more a lot people, of different areas. More people will be driving than anything else. Yeah, and I'm not surprised by that. By the way, if you are flying, please keep in mind that hundreds of flights, not thousands of flights, I know it's hundreds of flights at the very least, have been yeah. canceled this week. Um, and there were thousands of delays earlier this week as well. And it doesn't matter which airline you're flying, there have been both delays and cancellations across the board. Um, it's not limited to any one carrier so gotcha if you're going somewhere you're traveling just give yourself a little bit of uh leeway you know right if you're expecting hey i'm gonna fly out late sunday afternoon and i'm gonna make it home in time to work on monday it only takes one flight that's delayed or canceled and you're in big trouble so now for those of you mind for those of you not traveling uh good move yeah well played (laughs) so People uh, like, they're not traveling. I wish yeah. I'd thought of that. There are lots of reports that are out there today already about uh, issues at airports. And uh, let me see. I know that uh, ABC had some of this that they were talking about earlier today. Let me just play some of this. Uh, this is Trevor Alt that's speaking. Well, you can probably find some traffic just about everywhere today. These are the cities where it's expected to be the worst. Chicago, Houston, Los Angeles, and Seattle. These are already cities that are kind of already known for having bad traffic. But today, late in the afternoon, early evening, the volume, the traffic volume on the roads is expected to be double what it usually is. If you're going to be driving today, your best times to avoid heavy traffic will be a departure before 10 a.m. or you can wait all the way until after 9 p.m. The worst traffic window is enormous today between noon and 9. Tomorrow you have a little bit more of a cushion. You can take off before noon or after 7. And the worst stretch is going to be between 12 and 2. And uh, speaking of those flight delays and cancellations, uh, this is uh, Alex Perez. Delta already slashed 100 flights a day from its schedule to help curb cancellations and delays. And the airline is waiving fare differences and change fees this holiday weekend. This comes as off-duty Delta pilots have been picketing at airports in a dispute over pay and scheduling. Uh, and I'll give you one more soundbite here. This is, again, Alex Perez, who's, by the way, in Chicago at O'Hare Airport. Brace yourself because airlines are struggling to keep up with the growing demand. Now, TSA saying they are preparing for what could be one of the busiest travel periods since the pandemic began. 1,000 additional TSA agents on hold and ready to be deployed if needed. Are you picking up what I'm laying down? <laughs> 
are you picking up what I'm laying down? Travel could be ugly for mm-hmm. you if you're headed out of town for the 4th of July weekend. And look, I'm all about it. I'd love to get out of town myself. But I might be, you know, sucking up the gas price and yeah. driving as opposed to trying to fly right now. My advice is leave yesterday. That's right. And if you are flying, do this as well. Take a little patience with you. All right. Everybody's understaffed. Lots of things are getting canceled. It's never going to be the flight attendant's fault that it happens. Yeah. If you're a doctor, don't yeah. take patients with yeah. you, but everybody else, they yeah. should. Yeah. KBY Newstime, 736. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 742 on News Talk KBOI. And then Nathaniel took a call from a gentleman a little while ago who was talking about Boise State and uh, what they would need in order to be more attractive to go to the Pac-12. Now that UCLA and USC are moving on, they're going to, it's the Big Ten, right? Where yeah, they have 16 is, teams. Is that, is that for sure? Yeah, it's it's, it's weird because all the other Big Ten states, I mean, even Maryland and Pennsylvania and, uh, and now New Jersey, they, they all do hook together. USC and UCLA, two of the Pac-12's flagship programs, were notified Thursday night that their application to join the Big Ten has been accepted. Wow. The schools will begin play in the conference in 2024. So done deal. The Big Ten said in a statement that the vote was unanimous when conference presidents and chancellors met on the addition of the two schools Thursday evening. Now that's the Big Ten conference voting, not the Pac-12. Correct. I think they would have voted no. Right. UCLA athletic director wrote in a text to ESPN, college athletics is changing and UCLA has always led in times of change. For the sake of our student athletes and for preserving the legacy of Bruin excellence, we cannot afford to stand still. Well, you know what this is about, though? What? This is why the Big Ten has not cemented their television deal yet. They had something they in get the to, works. They get to add Los Angeles. Which means it'll be much more lucrative. Okay. How lucrative? I have an answer to that question. What I have heard is that the new television deal for the Big Ten could be worth upwards of a billion dollars. Which would bad. mean each school would get somewhere in the neighborhood of a hundred eighty mm-hmm. to a hundred million dollars a year in just television revenue money. They have Rutgers now, which is basically means they have the New York uh, City metro uh, market, mm-hmm. and they have Northwestern, and that means they have the Chicago market, and then, and then they would add, so they would have the top three markets if they had L.A. in the mm-hmm. entire nation. That's right. And that's the biggest hit the Pac-12 takes in all of this, is losing the L.A. market in its two Southern California franchise. Yeah. I, I say franchises, now it sounds like I'm talking about the NFL, but... <laughs> I apologize. Schools. Schools. And so they they would still have Seattle. They've still got uh, kind of Portland. Well, they still have a big footprint on the West Coast. Yeah, and they've got uh, the Bay Area and uh, Phoenix, of course. Well, here's what has and, to happen. And basically Denver, but it's Boulder. The Pac-12 has to look at this as super conferences move to absorb their conference, completely undoing what the... Pac-12 has had forever. So 
If you're the Pac-12, you do one of two things. You look to move everybody and, you know, merge with a different conference. Now, let's just say they, they pick the, the Big 12. The Big 12 and the Pac-12 merge to become their own super conference. Let's just, I'm, I'm spitballing here. I'll call it the Big Pac-24. Sure. There's, you know, 24-pack, which sounds, you know, like a case of beer, but whatever. It'll still be just 20 teams. Uh-huh. I'm just saying 24-pack sounds like a whole lot better than, you know. Yeah. KBOI next time, 745. Call it case. We might as well talk about that in sports because it is the biggest story we've seen in college football. Not just this year. This is as big or bigger than Texas and Oklahoma making the move to the SEC because Texas football on its own is worth a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've heard it said, and I don't have the, the um, poll to back this up. I heard that Texas football makes as much as every single college basketball team in the country combined. That basketball? In, that in one game... Texas football, because of the Longhorns network, bills more and makes more for the Texas Longhorns than the rest of college basketball combined. And that's even considering Duke and North Carolina and all the other Hmm. big programs. They just don't make much money. Basketball itself has never made that much. But there are some that are self-sufficient. For the vast majority, they don't. But if you just look at the dollars and cents of why would a team like UCLA or USC want to make a move like this away from their traditional games. It's if you add 80 to a hundred million dollars to the pot, it pays for all of their college athletics across the board. They don't have to lose money in anything. Hmm. They can make money for their university and pay for all of their college athletics in the process, which is what the goal is. Right. All right. I mean, I don't know any more than that, but I know that makes much. Them, makes them sound identical to pro teams. Kirk Herbstreet says this is a move that will make the gap between haves and the have-nots, though, even larger. There's going to be some very tough decisions because you're going to keep out a lot of teams that want to be a part of this future, and they're not going to be invited. So it's going to be more of the haves versus the have-nots in big-time college athletics. By the way, the Pac-12 did release a statement yesterday saying it was extremely surprised and disappointed by the news that UCLA and USC was leaving. And, yeah. Charter members. Charter members. And they were in the Western Conference, you know, but before there was a Pac, well, Pac-8, then Pac-10, then Pac-12. So what would it take for Boise State to be contacted and or try and make the move to the Pac-12? That is the question. I don't think it'll happen. Maybe you disagree. You can call us today at 208-336-3700 and we'll discuss. KBUI News Time is 748. Your Google Play, simply say, hey Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 7.53, Rick Worthington in for Mike Casper this week. We'll be back on Tuesday after the 4th of July holiday. Uh, Chris has a damn near impossible question for us that we'll... uh, Run up the flagpole here for you in just a couple of minutes. A $50 gift certificate to R&R Barbecue isn't so bad. See if anybody salutes it correctly. (laughs) The Supreme Court has been in the headlines all week long, all of last week as well. The Supreme Court announced yesterday that it's going to hear a case this fall that could upend state election laws across the country. 
What would that be? It's Moore v. Harper. Focuses on a new North Carolina voting map created by the court-appointed experts after earlier maps proposed by the Republican-led state legislature were struck down. The North Carolina Supreme Court back in February ruled that the maps offered by the state General Assembly were partisan gerrymanders violating free speech, a free assembly, equal protection provisions of the state constitution. But state lawmakers, the legislature in North Carolina, by the way, appealed that decision to the U.S. Supreme Court, which has agreed to take up the issue of redistricting and possibly restore the Republican-drawn map. Now, do you see where this is going? We had a North Carolina Supreme Court, which was a lot more liberal, that ruled against them. But the Republican legislature in North Carolina, who is the majority, said, we'll take it to the U.S. Supreme Court which is way more conservative, Mm -hmm. way more conservative than the North Carolina Supreme Court. Definitely is now. So you could see the redistricting Republican-drawn map reinstituted in North Carolina. And do you think that'll make a difference in North Carolina when it comes to Election Day? You bet your sweet backside it will. (laughs) You bet it will. Once again, Republicans tipping the cap to Donald Trump. Thank you very much, Mr. President. Right. A couple uh, quick instant messages here. Jeff says, I'm not sure I could continue to respect and admire a friend who openly embraces QAnon. I'd have to wonder if he or she is gullible and lacks critical thinking. Well, I have done that. I definitely have done that. I'll I'll recap that story for you when we come back from news. Uh, We do need to take a short break here. We'll come back with your damn near impossible question as well. KBY News Time, 756. A great one. Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. All right, just a couple minutes until the top of the hour. ABC News on the way for you. Your local headlines coming up here in a couple of minutes as well. It's all right here on News Talk KBOI on a Friday morning that looks to be very warm today. Uh, But 4th of July, not so much. Mm -hmm. Mid to lower 80s. I'll take it. Good barbecue and weather. Chris Walton has our damn near impossible question, which we will offer up to you in the 8 o'clock hour and a chance to win a $50 gift certificate. Be ready to call this number when we tell you to, 208-336-3700. You will be playing for a $50 gift certificate to R&R Barbecue, brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services Silverhawk Realty, operating... uh, or opening, that is, doors to the world. For all your real estate needs, call 208-888-4128. Your question. Duncan Black and Alonzo Decker opened their first shop on this date in 1910 in Baltimore, Maryland. Six years later, Black and Decker made a fortune selling portable electric drills. But what was it that they started out making in 1910 when they opened their first shop? We're talking about Black and Decker. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do we get a hint on this one? Uh, it's a machine. <laughs> well, thank you, Chris. You bet. There you go. Folks, use that. And if you can figure out what that machine does, then that's the answer. Uh, one more minute until the top of the hour. I'll just recap here real quick the uh, uh, 
instant message that you read in regards to QAnon, I was saying that there are some people that I really respect, some people I really, really like that were a part of QAnon. It's not for me, but I feel if you're going to criticize somebody for believing in QAnon, I, I linked it to making fun of somebody for what they believe as far as religion is concerned. It's not for me, but that doesn't mean it's not for everybody. I don't like QAnon for myself personally, but that doesn't mean you can't think it's really great. So that's what that message was in regards to. So, okay. All right. Well, maybe we'll talk about that a little bit as well. It is open phones Friday. KBUI news time, eight o'clock. See a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. 807, thanks for hanging out with us today on News Talk KBOI. Rick Worthington in for Mike Casper. Art Art writes in, he says, Pac-12, now Pac-10. We get Wazoo and the Beavers to join the Mountain West. Now the Pack 8 again? Well, I guess it would be, wouldn't it? Could be. I don't expect that with the television money that the Mountain West offers that anyone wants to join the Mountain West. The Mountain West is going to lose teams before it gains teams. The only thing that the Mountain West can do is watch and wait for somebody to include their schools and hope that that happens. I mean, at least from the school's perspective, not from the Mountain West perspective. I don't expect that. I don't expect teams to come calling uh, and saying, hey, can we join the Mountain West? Yeah. There just isn't any money there. Television money drives it. There's very little money that's out there. So little money, in fact, that you've still got schools like UNLV that are crying uncle when Boise State goes and picks up its check and nobody else is getting any money. <laughs> you know? Well, when, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I win, understand Win, that. win, win. I totally get that. But at least UNLV's got a baseball team, which could make UNLV a lot more appealing considering their television market and their ability to be all included in a place like the Pac-12, yeah. for instance. If they were looking for somebody, you get the Las Vegas market and part of the L.A. market back. If you were to go to UNLV and say, Hey, you know what? Maybe inclusion into the uh, conference isn't such a bad idea. Oh, and by the way, while they may not have the strongest football team, they have had a pretty good basketball program, which does include a national championship. Kind of lost a couple of those when UCLA wandered out the building for basketball. <laughs> That's true. Uh, what what did UCLA have a total of, what, 12 or 11? There's, they had some titles. You know, they I mean, had a couple John, of good players Coach that John were Woodens. around there. Coach John Wooden's teams won, I think, 10 times. Well, is that all? Yeah, there are some problems today that the Pac-12 is having in how do we make our conference viable mm-hmm. if we're not going to be the super conference. I think a lot of people looked at the Pac-12 and said, that's a stronger conference than what we see in some other spots, and they're going to take some of those little dudes and incorporate them in. Because that's how you build your conference and start making people take yeah. notice and you know build up your television revenue and all those things. You might go after BYU instead of letting them join the you know the little dude conference that they're at. Assuming you they know? ever want to join anybody's conference. It, yeah, I mean, I think they've been fairly happy as an independent. I think I think they have as well. But in a world that's changing 
super conferences are, yeah. are pretty cool. What I would Do like you to think see there is, are some uh, teams out there that would like to join the SEC right now, considering sure. what that conference looks like. Sure, they would. You think there are some other teams out there or universities that would like to join up with the Big Ten now, knowing mm-hmm. the sixteen teams that they're going to have, <laughs> and they're running up to the Super Conference status as well? Hell yes, they want in because of the television revenue, and this is why. Boise State is not getting a seat at the table right now because why we love our Broncos Mm -hmm. and why it's a very good football program, even on a national stage, the television money is not there, which is why Colorado State could get a look, which is why San Jose State could get a look, which is why San Diego State could get a look. But Boise State, probably not, not even before Utah State. Because there's Salt Lake City TV dollars coming into there. I mean, the Boise television market is itty-bitty compared to what those big television markets are. And they could charge more and get more when you've got a program like that. Uh, So right now, see, the Pac-12 teams are... Uh, they have uh, Fort Collins, Colorado. We mentioned that. And Salt Lake City, they've got Phoenix and Tucson, uh, all of Los Angeles, uh, the Bay Area, and then... Basically Portland, but uh, to be more accurate, Eugene and Corvallis, and they have Seattle and Spokane, which is actually Pullman, but Spokane area. I'm not sure that they have the Denver market. They don't have the Fort Collins market. They have Colorado Springs. or uh, Where is uh, Boulder is where Colorado is. Yeah, Colorado State's in Fort Collins. And right. um, but Colorado State's oh, not a part of that. That's Pac-12s. right, Colorado. Okay, Boulder. You're right. So they basically have okay. Colorado. Now I'm with you. They basically have Denver, Boulder. Uh, I was thinking Fort Collins of uh, where you do we get, are. You do get some. <laughs> the uh, the uh, Mountain West is in Fort Collins and Colorado uh, yes. Springs. So yes, they've got yes, the, yes. They've yes. got the other two. Now we're on the same page. Now we're there talking we the same language. Yes, I meant Boulder. I don't know how that's all going to play out, but I think USC and UCLA moving offers other schools a chance to look at the Pac-12 as a viable move. Mm-hmm. And let's just be honest. If Boise State was told, hey, look, you've got to do A, B, and C in order to get into the Pac-12, and we need you right now, get those things in order and you can come on over. You'd be announcing baseball again. Probably would. Baseball was one of the things. Stadium size is one of those things, Chris. Stadium well, size. Gradually getting there, aren't we? As as we heard, I think it was B.J. Rains that reported on this uh, last year, that there were talks with Boise State. I'm spitballing here completely. I don't have the report in front of me, so I'm just, bear with me on this. There were talks going on with Boise State on how they could be included eventually into a bigger conference. And one of the things that was mentioned is your stadium is just not big enough meaning you don't attract enough fans for a football game, which means you need to figure that out before we can really bring you into the fold. The other thing is a baseball team, and there's there's one other thing, and this is why the Pac-12 hasn't sniffed at Boise State either. When you look at other universities within the conference, the cost of going to Boise State was ridiculously low compared to what it would cost to go to USC or UCLA or Arizona or Oregon 
or any of those other big Pac-12 schools. And that makes a difference? It does make a difference, yes. That's what I was told. You can't just join up into the Pac-12 unless it in cost the, of uh, education has to one, be somewhat equal. One thing they said to Boise State years ago, that, that when they were still a Pac-10 and hadn't expanded into uh, Salt Lake City and uh, Colorado yet, um, and, and they had claimed they had no plans to do so, and then did so about three years later, but they were saying that uh, all of their universities are research universities, and that Boise State wasn't technically a research un- I, I know research is done there, but it's a Carnegie classification mm-hmm. of uh, institutions of higher learning in, in, in the, uh, or higher education in the United States, and uh, all of theirs are considered research universities. Gotcha. Well, I'm not saying that there's no path forward for Boise State to join a larger conference. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying it hasn't happened yet, despite the fact that other schools have been asked and included. And of the things I'm aware of, there are still some hurdles for Boise State to be included with, let's just say it was the Big Ten or the Big 12 or the Pac-12, or the AAC, you know, that there, there are some issues, and those are just scratching the surface. Television market, that's the big I want to get into the Ivy League, you know, Harvard, Yale, Princeton, Boise State. Why not? Why not? I like it. KBUI News Time is 816. Night at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 8.20, time for our damn near impossible question. Chris, what are they playing for? Playing for a $50 gift certificate to R&R Barbecue. Brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty, a local company with a global network. For all your real estate needs, call 208-888-4128. All right. Question today. Uh, It is Duncan Black and Alonzo Decker opened their first shop on this date in 1910 in Baltimore. Six years later, Black and Decker made a fortune selling portable electric drills. But what did Mm -hmm. they start out making in 1910? That's what we want to know. What was their first contract uh, to make? Tammy is going to get first crack at it today. Tammy, thanks for calling us this morning on KBOI. Are you there, Hello. Tammy? Hi there, Tammy. Yeah. Thanks for calling us today. Black and Decker, sure. what do you think? It, they started uh, with a milk bottle cap machine. That is absolutely correct. A milk bottle cap and machine? And then their, their second contract was to make a candy dipping machine after that. Really? And now we know. Now we know. Tammy, check but, out the big brain on when Tammy they, today. But it's when they started making the portable uh, electric tools that people said, hey, this is a good deal. I could use one of those. I don't even have to have a reason. I just put it in the toolbox. Screw on my own, you know, milk cap. <laughs> Tammy, I'm going to put you on hold and we'll get some info from you. But you're going to R&R Barbecue with 50 bucks to spend and uh, you're going to enjoy that. Thank you very much for calling today. Uh, we have more news on the way for you here in just a little bit. Some local headlines for you. Uh, and we're going to talk a little more about this UCLA and USC moving on from the Pac-12 to the Big Ten and the dominoes that fall 
and what happens for Boise State now. We'll talk about that coming up. KBY News Time is 822. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 8.34 on News Talk KBOI. Thanks for hanging with us on your Friday morning. Today's getaway day for lots of folks. As you heard Ron talking about not being a ton of traffic right now, but that we expect a lot of that to build. You guys that are headed for a 4th of July celebration out uh, Highway 55 towards McCall, that area, we know that traffic will build today and be running pretty hot. (laughs) We know that Monday, everybody coming home, or Tuesday coming home, that's going to be pretty hot as well. So just saying be careful wherever it is you're going to your 4th of July celebration. We also are taking your calls today on Open Phones Friday at 208-336-3700. And Mike in Boise is on the line with us. Hi, Mike. Thanks for calling us on KBOI today. Good morning. I I hate to even call in. Uh, The city of Boise uh, and their anti-gun gun uh, gun control resolution, uh, which is like, you know, those people were elected to represent the city of Boise and city problems, not nationwide. So this is strictly all political, uh, but there's a spin to this. And, of course, last week the mayor came out very pro-abortion and uh, furious about the Supreme Court. But here's the problem, is by doing all that, the relationship with the city of Boise and the Idaho legislature has never been the best. It's now in the minus 10 category. If you think the Idaho legislature is going to listen to anything the city of Boise is concerned with, with legislation or wants a change in a statute, uh, you know, somebody's smoking something <laughs> because it's just not going to happen now. This this is Idaho. And, um, you know, even in Ada County, uh, this wouldn't sell. But the the people that get punished out of this are the citizens of Boise because, Again, the Idaho legislature will go, ah, city of Boise, we've got other things to do. And the congressional delegation, uh, they'll be polite. They'll know how to do it the political way, but it's like uh, city of Boise, pound sand. We're not going to do anything <laughs> for you. Uh, we need to go find I mean, some I sand, then. I don't know where it is. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and the thing is, is why don't they address the issues that they can address, and that is, uh, the homeless issue, the uh, how the property tax, all of that, instead of making political statements that they have no power to do anything. Uh, but like I said, my concern is the spin factor after it. Uh, it just clobbered it. The Idaho Chiefs of Police Association, uh, they're going to walk away from all this. They're, they're, they're not going to get involved. I mean, it's just it's just a no winner. And I just thought I'd, I couldn't believe they went that far. Uh, but then again, maybe I should start believing that, you know, they'll do those things. Yeah. But we're the ones that are going to get punished. Um, the, the, and I'm sure the Idaho legislature and the congressional delegation are just rolling on the ground laughing. Well, uh, I, I think I mean, there's- what we're seeing uh, on the national level is that companies in states that are affected by the Supreme Court decision there, I mean, for instance, there are several Idaho companies that believe in a woman's right to choose, 
and are very much against what the Supreme Court did and are offering, you know, whatever cash incentive they have to to their employees who are interested in now going out of state to receive treatment or receive an abortion. Um, I am wondering on the city, I'm wondering on the citywide level, if the mayor and or city council says anybody that works for the city of Boise that is interested in receiving this type of care will help you get where you need to go. And then I could see people, (laughs) conservative folks like you're going to use my tax dollars for what? I'm wondering. That's all. I'm not saying it's happening. I'm just saying I'm wondering. I, I, I want to say I don't think they're that stupid um, because the Catholic and Mormons will get together and they'll get them out of office faster than what they think. Um, but what's going to get them all out of office is property tax. And uh, I just I just shake my head at what's happening in this city. I mean, what happened to my Boise? <laughs> it's, it's turning upside down. Well, I think I was... I think I was one of the people that when I when I moved to town 11 years ago now, somebody said, well, at least it's still our little community. And I was like, well, not for very much longer. It isn't. Oh, yes, it'll always yeah. be what, our little community. It was like, what no, somebody, it's not. It's, it's blowing up. What somebody said was last one in shut the door and it's still open. So we haven't had right. the last one in yet. What we've seen is Meridian and Boise are now merged based on only you know, the line that draws this is Boise and this is Meridian now. I mean, they've grown together and merged. And now you're starting to see Meridian expand out towards Napa where you're going to be seeing the same thing in a couple of years. There's not going to be any fields between Meridian and Napa. It's all going to be homes and businesses. Yep. And if I can add just one real fast thing, Fourth of July weekend, do not, please do not drink and drive. I'll take it's, that every time. I, I just, I'm just asking everybody personally, do not drink and drive. And he, anyway, have a good fourth. Yeah, thanks, Thank Mike. you very much, and, Mike. And he doesn't mean save it for another weekend. He just means don't do it. Yeah, it's yeah. a bad idea. Your calls on Open Phones Friday are welcome. 208-336-3700. It's whatever you want to talk about today. Mike has written in. Not Mike Casper, but a different one. Well, that's too bad. And he says, uh, Rick and Chris, boo to you for promoting the QAnon cult, which believes that Trump is fighting a cabal of pedophiles, and he will conduct mass arrests and executions of thousands on the day of the storm. Why should you drop it, despise it, and stop acting like it's just swell for respected people to believe it? Here's why. One, it's anti-Semitic rooted in anti-Semitic tropes as shown by its fixation on George Soros and the Rothschild family, a frequent target of uh, anti-Semitics claiming it leads a satanic cult. Two, QAnon members have committed acts of violence on numerous occasions, including many of them attacking the Capitol on January 6, 2021, including Jake Angeli, the uh, Buffalo headman, carrying a Q-sent-me placard, here is a timeline of 13 acts of violence linked to QAnon, and that's a it's a link to it. So I'm not going to read that one. But uh, after three, after Trump lost the election and Q stopped posting, a QAnon conspiracy theory Italy Gate emerged during the last week of his presidency. 
It stated that the election was rigged by the U.S. Embassy in Rome with the help of a hacker, an Italian general, and the Vatican. Four, in May 2019, the FBI intelligence bulletin from the Phoenix office identified QAnon-driven extremists as a domestic terrorism threat. Please stop normalizing a group as respected people that has radicalized people into committing crimes and taking dangerous and violent actions. Why would anyone think it is really great? The one, I don't. The one, I don't think that at all. The one thing that I want to address on that, he says, uh, why are you promoting QAnon? Promoting and mentioning are not the same thing. To some it is. Yeah, to some, if you talk about QAnon at all, that means you're endorsing them, and that's not the case. Uh, I don't I don't think that. We've talked about Hitler, and believe me, we're not endorsing him. Look, all, the, the conversation that we had was to let you know that after almost two full years... Q is posting again in the same place he was posting before. He or she, whoever Q is. There have been a lot of discussions about who Q is. I mentioned the uh, HBO documentary on QAnon, which looked to kind of pull back the curtain on the conspiracy theories. Um, And I don't buy into it. I have been several times from people who I really like, people who I really respect, people who I would have over to my house to barbecue and things like that, people who I would trust my children with. A couple of people who have written in basically have said that once they found out somebody uh, believed in or adhered to uh, QAnon, that they would not in any way be able to be their friend anymore. Well, I mean, that's you. I understand why you feel that way. I'm not a member of the Mormon church, but there are a lot of people that I really respect and like that are Mormon. I'm not a member of the Catholic church. My wife was, I really liked her too. You know? Yeah. It doesn't, that doesn't mean I had to subscribe to everything that the Mormon church or in this case, Catholic church subscribed to. Boise rebel rouser says, I think the Catholic loaded Supreme court would not have ruled in favor of that football coach, the one, you know, from kneeling, if he was a Muslim or Hindu conducting prayers with players on the field, why would they with God on their side? We'll take your calls. It's Open Phones Friday, after all. 208-336-3700. Brent in Fruitland. Thanks for calling us this morning on KBOI. Hi, Brent. Hey, hi, guys. Thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. So, look, I, I really feel for these people who want to now get a CCW in New York and now even California, because the powers that be, I don't know if you guys know this, but they're already starting to enact legislation to try to make it impossible for these law-abiding citizens to uh, conceal carry their weapons virtually anywhere. They're going to try to make every place uh, a sensitive place. They're going to they're going to uh, force businesses, private businesses, to what they call opt-in. And they have to uh, place a special sticker on their window and, and say that the concealed carry holders are welcome in their business. Um, if not, then no one will be able to carry in there. I just think uh, think some lawsuits are about to happen, and hopefully it doesn't uh, drag on and on, and the CCW holders are going to be able to practice their second amendment rights and defend themselves. And I don't understand why the powers that be in New York and California don't understand that 
the types of people who want to get CCW permits and defend themselves are law-abiding citizens. It's not like they're going to go around shooting people in the subway or shooting people in the movie theaters, shooting people at Starbucks. Uh, I just don't get their mentality. Hey, can I ask you a question real quick, Brent? And I, sure. I'm, I'm doing this with, with all respect because I don't understand and I need somebody. And clearly you're a gun enthusiast, as am I. But I'm looking for some, um, what's the right word? Uh, I'll just explain the situation and I'll let you tell me what, what's good or what's bad about this, all right? Last night, I go into, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a place you get ice cream. And there's a, a kid in there, maybe he's 21 years old, maybe he's younger. And he's open carrying a handgun on his belt right on his leg it's not in a holster it's kind of hanging off his belt yeah I've and seen guys like that too you know guys like that too no no I, i've seen them and i do not agree with open carry i think that makes people targets and i think that they're just trying to make a, a statement and if a bad guy were to go into the ice cream shop that guy would be the first guy that got shot and the criminal will probably steal his weapon and it would be a. Uh, it would be a crap show. Now, what's what's okay? I mean, I, I kind of agree with you that if you're going to carry, maybe you carry it under your shirt. Maybe you put it in the back of your pants where people aren't looking at it. I mean, I, I know so many people that carry. They just don't openly carry like that. But no, it wasn't even in a holster. It was just hanging off his belt. And I was like, I don't know if that's if that, that – that's a, it's a just not a very good look. The optics of it were – Here's a kid just showing off with a gun, and I I didn't know that that was the case, and I I just said that's what it looked like. Yeah, I don't I don't agree with that at all. All right, so I, I think it should be concealed. The only people who should be open carrying weapons, I think, are law enforcement who have a badge, and everybody can see that that they're an officer. Yeah. Hey, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. I you're I appreciate welcome. your opinion on the deal. Brandon Fruitland, you're always welcome to call us here on KBOI. We'll get back to your calls. Again, we've got a line open for you, 208-336-3700. Open phones Friday. That means anything goes for you. KBOI News Time is 848. Download the 670 KBOI app for your smartphone for free. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 853 on News Talk KBOI. Thanks for hanging with us. Rick Worthington here, in for Mike Casper one more day, and then he'll be back after the 4th of July holiday. I was asking our caller about the person that I saw open carrying yesterday because it it looked to me like an irresponsible way to open carry. Not in a holster, didn't look like it was safetyed. It was just hanging from the front of his belt. And, I mean, I noticed it right away, and I think there were some kids in the ice cream shop that noticed it as well, and he wasn't doing anything wrong. I realize that. He he was open carrying, which is his right to do so, and I would not give him a bad time for doing it. So you, Just saying it looked mm-hmm. a little irresponsible in the way it was not holstered and just kind of dangling there, and I thought, well, if you're going to open carry at least do so and maybe a little a little bit more safely was my thought it wasn't the fact that he was open carrying that bothered me it's in the way that it was done and so i was asking our caller about it 
specifically because I wanted another gun enthusiast to tell me it doesn't matter how they're carrying it, you're way off base, or in which he said that looks a little that sounds a little reckless mm-hmm. to me. Maybe there's something else we could do there. If you're gonna carry, you don't need to, you know, just have it sitting there on the front of your belt with your shirt tucked in for everybody to see. <laughs> you know, that's not it's not how that's uh designed to be. So in any case, I was just looking for clarification, wasn't giving him a bad time or criticizing the person that was open carrying. I'm just looking for some more feedback from other people to, to make me feel if I was right or wrong and just kind of being like, well, that doesn't look right. Yeah, that's all. Okay. Glad I got that off my chest. I'm glad you did, too. That was very important. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, 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 I, not, I'm, I'm not, not kidding. I, I know. Dave wrote in and says, why aren't more people talking about Lisa Sanchez and her blatantly racist comments. She's done it time and again. She needs to be reprimanded. Idaho doesn't need that kind of crap. Is there a new statement that has been made that I'm unaware of made um, by if, Lisa Sanchez, if, the if, Boise City if Councilwoman? There, if, if there is one, I'm not aware of it either. I will just check the uh, Idaho Statesman to see if there's something on that, but I hadn't I hadn't heard of anything brand new. So who who was it that made the... Uh, the instant message to you? Uh, let's see. This would be Dave. Dave? Dave, I'd love to know what that's about. Maybe you could uh, call and or send another message that's a little more specific in uh, what it is you're talking about for sure. Because if there's something new, I'd, I'd really like to know about it. And I just haven't read anything like that. So I know that Lisa Sanchez has said things in the past that not everyone has agreed with. But then again... Not everyone disagreed with her. So Jeff wrote in to say, uh, Chris and Rick, you had a news story earlier this morning about the school districts and state insurance. I was under the impression during the last legislative session, the legislators gave the school districts money for the upfront costs or did something that allowed the school districts to buy into the state insurance. So the school districts didn't have to pay the upfront costs. Maybe someone in the news department could uh, check it out. I'll look at the I'll look at that when I'm not sitting in the uh, host chair. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me, but I can re- at least read to you the story that we put out so that you're aware of what I'm talking about. Um and I will do that when we get back from news at the top of the hour, but it does talk about the state's health insurance plan and lower costs school employee employees are supposed to pay for their insurance. And I haven't talked at all about Ammon Bundy and Diego Rodriguez yet. They're in the news once again, so we'll hear more about that coming up as well. KBOI News Time is 8. Day from 10 to 1. It's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 9.06. Good morning, Rick Worthington. In one more day for Mike Casper. We'll be back on Tuesday after a nice little vacation, all nice and rested, and I'm sure tanned from being on the golf course. That'd be my guess anyway. Glad you're here with us on Open Phones Friday, 208-336-3700. It's uh, whatever you want to talk about today. We don't have to talk about QAnon anymore. We don't have to talk about USC and UCLA moving out of the Pac-12. We don't have to talk about what it means for Boise State anymore, but if you do want to talk about those things, again, 208-336-3700. 
I think that the way the college football landscape is moving right now, it might be a good time for another huge college football team to make a jump. Any guesses to which program I think might need to make a move more sooner than later? Uh, Boise State? No. Oh. Nope. I don't think Boise State's standing on a leg to do it. Okay. As good as the football program has been, and this is just my opinion, there are too many things that keep Boise State from getting to the next level. Size of the football stadium, television market, cost of what it what it actually costs to go to Boise State is not nearly as high as any of those other Pac-12 or Big Ten schools. That's going to keep, and I'm not looking for a huge tuition increase, but that maybe is what would happen to happen if school went that direction. I don't know. But the program I'm thinking about is one that it costs lots of money to go there. They have a football program that's won a number of national championships and Heisman trophies storied in all of college football. Notre Dame? Notre Dame, a man. Notre Dame. The independent status has I been was, really um, good for Notre Dame for a long time, but I think yeah, that's about to change. Back, back when the uh, the Big Ten, uh, for the first time in many, many years, expanded and brought in uh, first uh, Penn State, I thought, well, yeah, now that they've got Penn State, they'll, they'll surely get Notre Dame next, right? But Notre Dame has never wanted to join a conference, so they ended up getting Nebraska and then eventually getting Maryland and Rutgers as well, which is why they have 14 teams right now, uh-huh. or 16 since they're getting UCLA and USC. Anytime we start talking about college football, I feel like this is much more in my wheelhouse than a lot of the topics that we discuss, politically speaking. Yeah. Notre Dame has never gone away from its independent status because it's Notre Dame. And it could get to a national title without having to play anybody except who they want to play. They can schedule as they like. There are traditional uh, matchups that their fans enjoy. And because they're Notre Dame, they're always in the discussion. But my man, there's another one that bites the dust off of the Notre Dame yearly schedule. No more USC. I'm not saying it can't happen. Maybe they could schedule a non-com, but there's only so many non-com games you can get when you join a super conference. No more Notre Dame USC. Probably. Which which is too bad. I mean, that's like you say, it's a huge tradition. Huge tradition. It's one of the best games in college football every year. Notre Dame sells more tickets during USC week than I think they do just about any game that they had, uh, maybe save Michigan. And, of course, there's some proximity uh, help in that one. Yeah. Ann Arbor's not that far away from Notre Dame, but USC, well, you got to travel a bit. Yeah, Notre Dame should really consider right now which of these super conferences they want to be a part of. And I think, my thinking is that if Notre Dame was to do the smart thing, it would look a little stronger at the Big Ten 
than they would the SEC. Because if you go to the SEC, you might get your butt kicked. (laughs) (laughs) You might not be the powerhouse that you have been. Whereas you go to the Big Ten, there are some of those teams that you can still you could still work pretty well. But if you're looking for a super conference to join and help lift up, Big Ten might be the way to go. It's not impossible for someone to join the SEC and begin to dominate immediately, but it's extremely improbable. I can't think of a program out there right now that's not already a member of the SEC that I would expect to go in and start kicking butt and taking names. Hmm. Ohio State's not moving. Ohio State, by the way, the Ohio State athletic director also chimed in and said, we'd sure like to see Notre Dame join us. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah? No kidding? And yet. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense because... what the the Big Ten has two uh, schools right now in Indiana. They have Purdue and Indiana, and this would be their third. It just kind of makes sense. But see, I like. I wish all the conferences were were, you know, ge- geographic. Let's put it that way. Right. Uh, like you know the like the southeast, the southwest, the northwest, the northeast, the central. You know, whatever. Just you know, everything had to be easy traveling distance for the other teams in the conference. Uh-huh. But the trend for the last 20 years has been to get away from that. And it started with Conference USA, where if you had a big airport near you, you could join. By the way, the Big Ten's not coming in Boise State anytime soon. No, I would not think so. No, no. Lars has written in and says, Lauren McLean may be very well be the hottest mayor in America. I think, really? I think Lars is a fan. Uh, I would say... Uh, Get online, check out Reno as well. By the way, Lauren McLean went to Notre Dame. I know that much. Is that right? Yeah, she did. Yeah, McLean. That sounds yeah. what? It, I, that's is that Irish or Scottish? I don't. It, I don't know. I think it's Scottish. McLean. Yeah, McLean. Yeah, that sounds Scottish. Sounds Scottish to me. Rich in Boise. Thanks for calling us on KBOI today. How you doing, Rich? Well, I wanted to talk about Cassidy Hutchins, and you know the woman that uh, once again Trump doesn't even know, like. For some reason, like that would make any difference. But, you know, she was totally upfront about the story that she told. And it, she, was, she said that it was some, what somebody told her. Mm-hmm. And the uh, other two people that were there haven't testified that she wasn't told that story. But they totally ignored, I mean, they've been going after her, but the main part of her story was that Trump knew that there was weapons and guns in that crowd. He wanted to let them in. He wanted to lead them, and he didn't want to, he could care less about what happened to Vice President Pence. And that story about him not wanting to have anything to do with Pence, I mean, McCarthy actually relayed that, that one other time, too. So, I mean, they're... They, they they picked the most fluff part of what she te- her testimony and are going with that, but they're not denying the rest of what she said. They're not denying, you know, they're, they're not denying like 85 minutes of her testimony uh, about what was going on in the White House. You know, no, nobody's denying that. Uh, 
they're just kind of attacking her personally. I mean, you know, Trump didn't know who she was and she's delusional and, you know. She didn't leave him a lot of room to criticize her either. I mean, most of her testimony is this is what I heard this person say. This is what I saw with my own eyes. This is what I think was happening in this particular situation. There's only this one situation that happened inside the uh, the SUV that she did not immediately witness, but she did testify about. Now, I don't think she lied yeah. about it. I'm not sure no, that it her happened testimony, the way that she said it did. Her testimony but, wasn't that it happened. Her testimony was that that guy told her it right, happened. Right, right. And that yeah, that's not lying, that. but again, I, I think it does show some bias on behalf or uh, on the side of the people that are in charge of the commission to ask, hey, tell us what you heard secondhand, you know, should ask questions about yeah. what you heard secondhand. Instead, well, she, you'd call the guy that had the firsthand information about it, and you you get his deposition as opposed to the person that said, "Well, this is what I heard, and this is who I heard it from." You know, that's it's testimony that's irrelevant unless you got it firsthand, unless you witnessed it, unless you saw it. So, th- therein lies my problem with it. Yeah. But that that was just a minor. That was just fluff. That was just well. It's a minor not fluff. It's not it. That that yeah. was the biggest thing. That, okay, I I'm gonna give you a little rope here, Rich. But that was the biggest headline that came out of the day. Is this crazy president was reaching for the wheel and attacked a Secret Service agent? That was the that was the story the next day, and that's what had a lot of Republicans twisted is why are we talking about hearsay she didn't even see it happen all she's saying is this is what i heard happened and that's that's real that's legitimate they have every reason to be upset well now you follow me though right well yeah i i I know that that's what most i know that that's what was most talked about because that was the part that republicans could defend against and i'm not bashing the rest of her testimony either i'm not i'm just saying that 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 it it just made that because that was the only part of her testimony that they could go after they couldn't go after the rest of it uh but now they'll they'll be able to get the guy who told the story because she said there was an agent there i don't know if that was a secret service agent or who it was was there when that Tony told her the story, and the agent didn't deny or confirm it. He just let this guy tell the story. Well, I could also see that the agent's like, I'm not getting involved. I don't have anything to say. You know? Yeah, I could see that being no, the yeah, case. That's what I'm saying. He, he, didn't, he didn't say... He didn't say, no, that didn't happen. Or, yeah. He, yeah, he didn't say whether it was true or not. So now they can get him to testify and to what, uh, the, what that... And that, that Tony or not, or not or whatever, they can get him. Well, they can ask him to testify. I, he might not even, you know, he might be like the rest of all the Trump sycophants. He might just not even want to testify and then claim that there's nobody defending Trump. But, Rich, I'm uh, going to let you run here. We got to take a break here, but I appreciate your call today. Thank you very much. Your phones. I'm sorry. Your phone call. We'll take it at 208-336-3700 on Open Phones Friday. John, I see you there. Pro-life, I see you there. We'll get to you on the other end of this break. KBOI News Time, 918.
Get 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. I like the baseline in this. Open phones Friday, 208-336-3700. We'll take your calls today. It's not Primus, but it's not bad. No, it's, is it not Primus? No. Uh, I like it, though. Dave, uh, who wrote in earlier, wrote back. He had uh, mentioned Lisa Sanchez, and he said, at the recent city council meeting, she stated that gun rights are for white supremacists. Big Jim talked at length about it yesterday. He's substitu- gotcha. And he's substituting for... Uh, uh, Nate in the afternoon. Funny you should mention that. Just got a message from our boy. From Jim? Yeah. Hey, Jim. He's got uh, Russ Fulcher coming on the program with him today at 3 o'clock. There we go. They're going to talk about some of this, I'm sure. Uh, Juan says, uh, in, in the same uh, answer, he said, guys, in reference to the Lisa Sanchez question you just asked, here's a recent quote. As long as we keep making room for guns, we are supporting white supremacy in our country. So according to Lisa, only white people own, carry, and use guns. And I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I, I don't think that's what she meant, but she meant that white supremacists definitely have them. Although, you know, uh, since everybody else can too, that would figure, wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, Lisa Sanchez is entitled to her opinion. I disagree. Dallas writes in, I think this is uh, aimed at you. He says, you're not upset about him open carrying while you blatantly complain about it, did he rob the place? Did you rob the place? Did anyone else rob the place? I'm guessing no, so it worked. Now you you didn't you didn't you said you weren't upset or even complaining about no, open I, carrying. You I, were complaining about. Like, I actually that, talked to the young man. That something was I, I dangling from his belt. Is that what it was? I didn't talk to him about him open carrying. I noticed that he was open carrying. He had his shirt tucked into his pants, and he was carrying a pistol in his belt yeah. and he had uh it was a a nylon belt okay. and he just had his pistol tucked into it not into his pants and it was not on a holster it was loosely hanging from his belt it looked to me like it could fall out any minute and it didn't look to be safetyed hmm. so it looked a little reckless to me I wasn't upset that he was open carrying, but we were in an ice cream shop and I, I was thinking to myself, man, it would be cool if you just put it under your shirt or secured it a little bit better Yeah, because I was, I was like, Hey, if that thing falls on the ground and it's not safety, does it go off? Do I need to worry about that? Does anyone hear it? That's all that that was about. That was not me giving him a bad time. And so I'm trying to look for, you know, what is okay if, because I don't open carry, I'm not against you if you do. I'm just saying for other people that are gun enthusiasts that might open carry, do you feel like that should have been holstered or just at least tucked in a little bit better? And so the person that had called in that was talking about guns, I just kind of opened that to him because I wanted to hear what he had to say as somebody who was a gun enthusiast. That's all that is. Let's see. This one's not signed, but it says, uh, Chris, yesterday, Rick commented on how he throws out both extremes in the spectrum of news 
when researching stories. And then this morning he sources the statesman. No wonder you know nothing of Sanchez's racist statement if she made one. The statement would cover for by not covering her as long as possible until they were forced to report. The statesman is one of the most biased of papers. That's why it continues to shrink. Conservative Idahoans recognize their bias, need to find a new source. Well, I may have checked I, the Idaho press was my next check. I think but. it's actually the uh, the Internet is the main reason it's been shrinking as a newspaper. Well, I I look to who usually covers uh, some of those local meetings, and it's the Idaho press, it's mm-hmm. the Idaho statesman, it's some of our other... We have we have several sources. The Idaho statesman usually covers that, so yeah. that's that's why I mentioned them first. I know we got to take a break here, but I want to take one of these calls before we get to it. So, John in Napa, thanks very much for calling today. How are you, John? Good, good, good morning, guys. Thank you for calling. Yeah, you know that the kid with the—I was going to ask you—that kid with the belt with the gun and hanging off the front was it hanging on with a string or a bungee. Why would it, why would it concern you? It and it I looked know, to I, me you like don't to, you don't. Have, you don't have to go through it again. I heard. I heard all sure, that. Sure, but sure. I think what I think what it was is he was showing off the holster, not the gun. No, he wasn't. He didn't have it holstered at all. There was yeah, no holster. That, that belt you described. That belt. That belt is split in half, and it, and your gun goes through the belt, and one half of the belt is on one side of the of the pistol, and the other half no. is on the other side, and it has a retention device behind no. it. You can't see. No, you don't know that. No, I can tell you. Me. I I was I talked to the guy. I can tell you exactly. It was a regular belt. It was only yeah. hanging on because the butt of the pistol was sitting on the top of it. But there wasn't anything behind it that was that was holding it in. I promise you. It looked like you just so you old see, average so ra- rodeo belt. It just so you've seen, it was not you've like seen, that. You've seen you've seen uh it behind, in the waistband holsters and it wasn't one of those, huh? It absolutely was not holstered in any way shape or form. It was tucked into a regular belt. And it looked to me like if he moved the wrong way it was going to spill out. Well, that was my get concern. Laughed at. Usually gun holder gun owners don't want to get laughed at for their stupidity and he's just going to get laughed at if that's if that's the case. Therein but lies my could, issue. I just I was thinking that that's irregular. And that, that's why I was asking if there's, you know, and some, some, something that I, I could so mention. My time is, yeah. yeah. My question is, uh, the, uh, the, the proof of that, that woman, what's her name that was testifying? I keep forgetting her name. Cassidy Hutchinson. Kathy, Kathy, Kathy Cassidy. Smollett. There, that's, that's who it was. She said that she heard a secret service agent say to somebody else, another secret service agent, that the president got into the beast. Well, the Secret Service agent don't use that word. That's only the urine stream media who uses the beast. No one calls it that. So she made that part of it up because they wouldn't have thought to make it up. It's like saying that she heard him say it in French when he doesn't know French. He couldn't have said it. Well, he I might say that. It, so, hey, I, I get it. I, I don't know that for sure. So she, well, I do. I mean, I know and, that Dan Bongino says that, but I don't know that for sure. And yeah, he's not. He wasn't a secret service agent or anything like that. He wouldn't. He couldn't possibly. I'm know. saying I don't know that for sure. I'm just telling you what she said. I'm not making anything. Yeah, on yeah, it. yeah. Well, she she made it up because those are the telltale signs of someone making it up. Also, the handwritten note. That person. Oh, and hey, we're running way behind, agent. man. I'm not trying to cut secret you off, but I'm I'm already at that point where if I don't get to break right now, we miss news, and I can't do that. KBOI News Time is nine twenty nine. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI.
All right, 9.35 at News Talk KBOI. Again, Rick Worthington filling in for Mike Casper today. We've lined up some phone calls. We'll get right to it. One line open for you right now if you want it, 208-336-3700. It's Open Phones Friday, so we can talk about whatever you want to talk about. We'll start with Rob. Thanks for calling us today. Rob, how are you? Good. I'm trying to get all this in quick. Uh, one, mentioning a baseline and primus, Chris, <laughs> Wes Claypool is probably <laughs> the best bass player ever. Uh, I agree. So that's cool. Rick, you are uh, spot on about the open carry thing, and uh, I texted y'all some to this effect. And like, I believe Plaxico Burris covered this. Kind of like how Jason Pierre-Paul had to do uh, PSAs for fireworks safety. Like, <laughs> you don't generally stick something in your waistband and go to, the cl- like, with one of the throat and then shoot yourself in the leg. Uh, that's kind of dumb. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I appreciate Notre that. Notre Dame also, remember, um, they wanted all their teams to be in the ACC uh, when Charlie Weiss was supposed to be the second coming, like he was going to be touchdown Jesus, <laughs> except the football team, because if they joined a conference, they have to share that money. And Charlie Weiss couldn't coach his way out of a wet paper bag. Yeah, he like, was not good. He was horrible. And, uh, <laughs> oh, good grief. But hey, he yeah, thought the, he was uh, pretty good, though. The guy who called in about the, the belt, I know what he's talking about, but the way you described it, that, yeah, that sounds like just. Well, responsible I, anyways from Sunday. <laughs> I, I own guns. I own a handgun. I know what a holster looks like, and I know what a correct belt is to wear a handgun if you're going to. Although I would think that, you know, if you were going to tuck it into your waistband or into your pants and you were going to belt across it so that it doesn't move or fall, that would be fine. But this was somebody who had their shirt tucked in, a regular belt on, you know, and just the gun was tucked in there, and it was all wiggly and wobbly, and I thought it was going to fall out. I was like, that's irresponsible, in my opinion. Well, and again, if you have, like, safety could be on all that, but, like, yeah, there is such a thing as, like, slam fire. I mean, you, that's not likely to happen, but it's possible. Well, so even so, <laughs> I just thought, you know, in the ice cream shop in front of a bunch of kids, letting that thing wiggle out of there would have been... Really, really bad. Well, I, I just thought it it, it looked irresponsible. You can use and, that to you know <clears throat> for for a whole lot of different I was stuff. Raised uh, with a very healthy respect for firearms, uh, as most I, of us I, were. Sure, you know, thank my lucky stars every day for that. And uh, I carry periodically, depending on what I'm doing. Uh-huh. A lot of times I don't because it's like I already have enough stuff on my belt. Like, <laughs> This just weighs more. Right. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I was taught, and like, you don't do stuff like that. And like, you definitely, safety's on. You don't have one in the chamber unless you really think you need to. All you have to do is rack a slide. It's not hard. Well, it, it uh, just, it looked so it, very honestly like it, it, was, a, it was a young yeah, guy. Probably, it, right. It was a young guy. And it looked like a young guy that wanted everybody to know that he had a gun on his belt. And it's like, that's not the kind of attention I think you really want to draw to yourself. But he wasn't doing anything wrong. You know, he wasn't, he wasn't breaking the law. He just, well, you, he just might not uh, have, I you know, 
I just think he, he probably could have done that a little more responsibly. That's, that was my point. You said something earlier, I think, about how, uh, like, you don't want to advertise. You make yourself a target. Like, you don't advertise that, like, hey, I have a gun. Look at me. I'm all cool. Well, like, I thought he was you know, average. That's what I thought he was doing. Evil comes mm-hmm. in. Yeah. Yeah, they are going to, like, hit you first. Like, you, uh, one of my dad's favorite phrases, and this was from uh, him being in the military, strike from the void. Like, you don't let people know. You act all meek. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you don't let people know. And, like, put you down if I have to. Sure. Rather not. But anyway, yeah. happy Friday. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, Good job filling in, Rick. Thank you, Rob. I appreciate uh, that. I hope you have a happy 4th of July as well, my friend. You take care. Y'all too. Have a good one. All right, bye-bye. Pro-Life, you're up next. Thanks for calling us on KBOI. Yeah, you know, uh, you had earlier a comment about um, the North Carolina legislature uh, taking something to the Supreme Court over redistricting of their legislature. Yes. Now, I don't know if you've never heard, you guys probably are too young to know this, but uh, in 1964 and 65, there was a case out of Georgia called Reynolds versus Sims. And in that, they, the Supreme Court ruled that state legislatures supposedly should be um, redistricted according to population. But if you go to Article 4, Section 4 of the Federal Constitution, it says that every state is guaranteed of a Republican form of government. That means state uh, counties within states have representation in the state legislature. Hmm. Federal, the Supreme Court violated Article 4, Section 4 to create that. And somebody needs to bring that back up, and we need to go back to Republican form of government in state legislatures. And uh, so I want to say that, but then I want to say it'd be nice if uh, some of these minor conferences and schools, you know, maybe like in Idaho, would uh, say if the NCAA does not get off the transgender thing, they will work to create a new league where uh, there's some morals attached to athletics. Um, that probably won't happen. Everybody's too politically correct, but sure. Anyway, that's about all I got. All right. Thank you very much God for calling. You guys. you guys take care and have a happy all 4th right. of July. All right. Dave, um, wrote in, he says, I think this is a different Dave from before. He says, I think BSU will eventually end up on the big 12. I believe the PAC 12 will raid the big 12 taking Oklahoma state, Baylor, Texas tech, and Kansas state. No way the Arizona schools are going to the Big 12. Pac-12 is still stronger than the Big 12, even without USC and UCLA. Makes for an interesting domino game. Yes, yeah. it does. Yeah, it does. Well, I don't think we've seen the last of this those, by a long shot. Those of us who will read uh, college football articles, even when it's not anywhere near college football season. Damn straight. <laughs> <laughs> 9.42, Tom and Boise. Thanks very much for calling us on KBOI today. Yeah, my comment is about the January 6th uh, discussion, and I'm, I've never called into a radio show, but I just find it extremely disturbing that, you know, this is a, this is a show trial. This is what they do in communist China, <clears throat> Korea. There's only one side. There's no cross-examination. And so it's on the radio, and everybody's talking about it like, and they're just, pro- you know, propagating this. And it's just so un-American. I just find that extremely 
sad that, you know, we're doing this fake trial and some of it may be right, but it's not justice. It's totally wrong. Well, the good part is at the end of it, nobody's going to be under arrest. Yeah, this is uh, know, but, this is not that kind of a thing. You know, nobody goes to jail. Nobody's going to get hung on this. But, but it, this is a show trial. It's for political points. We're paying for it. It's in prime time. It's orchestrated. It's so un-American. It's horrible. Yeah. The second thing I want to say really quick is <clears throat> I hear a lot of discussion of growing pains in Boise which is an amazing city. And I relocated here from Portland. And, you know, the old, the old adage about um, definition of insanity is doing the same thing. You see a lot of these discussions. If you want to understand what some of these policies take to local leadership should go to Portland, stay downtown and observe, you know, people defecating, on oh, the street, yeah. shooting heroin on the max, garbage along Highway 5, stripped cars. So I hope Boise doesn't go there. I think it's uh, it's an amazing place. Well, uh, I'm with you on that, of, Tom. No question about that. And the part, you know, the part in Portland, the other part that was really hard for me is only one viewpoint. It was You had to have a one viewpoint or you don't talk. And, you know, so... That's my thoughts. I, you know, I really like, really like this place, but the January sixth thing really bothers me because yeah. that's not. This is not American. And well, you know, you were talking on the radio, and everybody's, well, maybe this is true, maybe that's not. But there's no due process. There's no cross examination. Well, Tom, let me it's ask you about it, it real is, quick because see, I I have a a little different opinion. I totally see where you're coming from, though. And I and I appreciate that point of view. I look at what happened on January 6th and the days leading up to January 6th. And from the testimony that I've heard, it sounds like there was a pretty strong agenda and idea of how we circumvent a national election. And I think it's un-American not to at least examine that. I think it's un-American not to ask questions based on what we saw at the Capitol building on the 6th. So uh, you know I, it, I understand I, I that nobody's nobody's going to prison, but I think it's something that we should examine. Was there a conspiracy to keep Joe Biden from taking power? Was there? I think listening I agree, to what's being said is important. I agree about looking at it. What I'm saying is it's the process. The, the uh-huh. story here should be the process. This is... You want to see uh, a right- the Republicans have an opportunity to discredit people that are coming out and speaking against Trump. You want well, to see, I mean, I, and I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm saying that's that's what they would do. You want to see both sides be represented, as well, would I, I it, it, as would I. And, you know, to find, to see the real truth, and that's really what it is. And this is not a format. It's a, You know, it's, a, it's like they do in China or Russia. It's a fake trial they present. You know what? It's really wrong. Thank you, Tom. Thank you very much for your call today. You have a great day. All right. When uh, McCarthy put out his list of who he thought should be on that committee, and uh, two of the names were rejected. And the reason that was given, the reason they were rejected, is they had already made public statements saying there shouldn't be a committee. Right. 
And so they say, okay, fine. You don't think there should be an, a committee. You're probably well, not going to do much work when you're on the committee. Here's what we've seen. But though, it ended in, up with, uh, it ended up basically with nobody uh, that McCarthy had listed right. ending up on the committee. Right. I, I think maybe it would have been good for everybody to see some of those folks come in and have an opportunity to question. I, I think that would have done us all some good to hear some of the other side. I would have liked that. But, uh, in the end, I think it's important to hear all that. Yeah. So Ron and Meridian says, morning, boys, another warm day in the Treasure Valley. He said, they said, it said, someone told me, hearsay, hearsay, hearsay. Someone told me Rich was a troll for the Dems libs. Sigh. Oh, well, have a great 4th of July. <laughs> okay, we will do. We'll take a break. We've got a line uh, ready for you at 208-336-3700. I've got some calls on hold. You guys are first when we come back. KBUI News Time is 947. In Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Last segment of the program for this week, and then we're rolling into a three-day holiday. Weekend? Love it? So I've got some calls here that I need to rip through. They're, well, I had three, now I have two. So we'll get to the ones that have been waiting the longest. Oh, you're Paul, going a lot faster than I thought. I know. Paul, thanks for joining us. How are you doing? I'm fine. How are you guys today? Good, good. Thank you. What can we do for you? Traffic was mighty slow this morning. I just wanted to say that. It's nice to be able to drive around and not have 500,000 cars in front of you. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like it when uh, when we get holiday traffic, which is usually lighter for us because people are headed out of town. But I, right. I expect that that will change uh, maybe a little later on this afternoon. It seems to me that the folks that are working, went to work early, yeah. are going to get out of town it as quick as they can. It doesn't sound like traffic was slow. It sounds like it was just calm. Yeah. yeah. Right. I did want to make a comment about... The, the gentleman that, that carries his firearm sounds rather loosely. It may be in place, but it sounds like it's there to be displayed for for intimidation purposes. I don't it know. Like that. I mean, I don't want to draw any conclusions. No, neither I, do I, but that's what it sounds like. Yeah, maybe. I, I'll and just, I, I, you know, I only I, brought I, it up because, to me, if you're going to open carry... That's your right. You could do it if you want to. And I'm not so threatened by seeing a firearm that I'm all that worried about it. My only no, concern is that it wasn't secured. It was just right. hanging off his belt. And if he moved the wrong way or sat the wrong way or, you know, I mean, there's a hundred different ways to catch a trigger, you know, yeah. you got to secure that thing a little bit. And I just thought it looked to me irresponsible. And so I was really just kind of reaching for, hey, what's okay if you're an open carrier and you see somebody else open carrying? At what point do you say, hey, that's a nice, that's a nice gun, but why don't you put it away or, you know, act a little more responsible? You know, at what yeah. point do you do that? Because I can't answer that because I don't open carry. So I'm not threatened by it. I didn't think he was doing anything wrong. I just, I, I didn't feel very comfortable with how he was open carrying. That's all. Hey, thanks for the call, yeah. Paul. Appreciate your time today. Happy 4th. Terry says the city is just trying to polish up its street cred with the rest of its socialist friends. They agonize over the results of street gang shootouts in democratic cities where they have handcuffed their police. 
will gun registration or prohibition in Boise stop this? But they never say a word about the zooming increase in deaths among young people from the drugs Biden is allowing across our border. Those people never count, plus they can't possibly embarrass Joe. Uh, saying Democratic cities is almost redundant because pretty much all of the big cities are run by Democrats just because Democrats tend to flock to cities as opposed to the countryside. That's true. All right, one more call. Kevin, you're up. Thanks for calling us from Caldwell today. Kevin, how are you, buddy? Great. Good morning, you guys. Good morning. And, uh, no politics today. I just I just called to, to say thanks for filling in, Rick. I really enjoy it when you fill in. You stir the pot. You get new people calling in. It's a lot of fun. Oh, you know, thank it's, you. Uh, it's great to have. It's great to have somebody who finally laughs at uh, at Chris's corny jokes. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> Anyhow, you know, happy Fourth of July to you guys and everybody there at KBY. You guys bring me a lot of entertainment through my day. I work by myself, and uh, you keep me company, and I sure appreciate it. Well, that's very kind, Kevin. Thank you very much for that. I I appreciate a kind word occasionally. I don't get them often around here. You're right. I do stir the pot a little bit, but I don't do it. I don't do it for show purposes. I just tell people how I feel. Um, I think it's okay to speak from the heart sometimes. And I think it's okay to disagree. I think it's okay that occasionally somebody comes on your radio and doesn't tell you exactly what you want to hear. And then Mike Casper will be back here on Tuesday and he'll tell you exactly what you want to hear. (laughs) Maybe, maybe not. I'll spank him a little bit more for that. No, I'm just... (laughs) Uh, I, but I appreciate the kind word. That was very nice. I appreciate that. Um, I will say this. Speaking from the heart is much easier than singing from the diaphragm. <laughs> is that one of those jokes I can laugh at? Because oh, yeah. Because I'm Rick and I, it's okay to laugh at that. Um, I, I think um, of all the things we could have ended the week on, we should probably end on its 4th of July weekend. We know that there's going to be some partying going on. Um, I expect that folks that are headed out to McCall or Cascade or you're taking that family camping trip, maybe you're bringing a bottle along with you. I really hope that for whatever your plan is for the 4th of July, that you celebrate responsibly. It's It's difficult for me as the news director, knowing that Tuesday morning I'm going to come in and there's going to be a report for me about how many different people were involved in DUIs and the number of people that were killed because of said drunk driving. So I'm just going to give you a a little something from my professional seat. It sucks coming in Tuesday, knowing that thing's going to be sitting there waiting for me. So I hope that you understand that it's my wish for you to go out and have fun this weekend. It's also my hope for you that you will do so responsibly. And remember the other people that are on the road may not be as responsible and celebrate and be careful, celebrate independence day. You know, be glad that we're independent and that the fate of our country doesn't depend on it. Never mind. I'm not going to finish that. Yeah, I get you. Celebrate independence, celebrate your independence responsibly. And if you do, We'll see you again on Tuesday. Enjoy your weekend.